born to die that he might give Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. My soul and night. And turn my darkness. Well, anyway, anybody got a question you want to ask the preacher? You always had a question you want to ask the preacher, never had a chance to ask the preacher. Any questions? I'm looking around, waiting for that question. Yes, ma'am, we got a question back there. Loud as you can, or somebody relayed. <laughs> Proverbs 22. Okay, somebody can relay that on up here to me. Proverbs 22.13. I heard that. Now, that's what we need. Everybody needs to get them a microphone. Proverbs 22. And verse 13. 22.13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the street. What does that mean? It means there's a lion in the street and I shall be slain. <laughs> no, it's similar to the one that you find over there in Ecclesiastes in chapter 11 where it says, you know, the slothful person. He doesn't sow because, well, you know, it looks like it could rain today. And the Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days it will come back to you. In other words, you're sowing and reaping. A lazy person never has time to do anything. And the reason I can't go out in the street because there's a lion out there. If I go out there, he'll slay me, so I can't do that. In other words, excuses. Uh, like one time, Curtis Hudson, he knocked on the door, and he says, you promised me you were going to come to church last week. What happened? He says, because I got a jug of milk in the refrigerator. And he says, what's that got to do with coming to church? He says, nothing, but one lie is just as good as another. In other words, if you're going to tell one, it doesn't really matter what lie it is. And so there's... Um, there's things that happens in our life in this time. The, the slothful man is a lazy person and always has a reason why he can't do something or won't do something. And uh, they, live, they live in fear. Some people are afraid of um, being a failure. And that's why they don't, they don't succeed because they're afraid of being a failure. And they, they don't attempt anything because then you can't accuse them of being a failure because, well, well I could have if I wanted to. How many times you hear people, I could have if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. That's the only reason I didn't do it. So um, any other question? You got another question you want to ask me? Ask any question. Are you just taking off your glasses or you got a question? It's not necessarily a question, but uh, John 20, 30, 31. John chapter 20. 
John chapter 20. 30, 31. Those are two awesome verses. You see, uh, Thomas had questioned that Jesus had come back from the dead. And he says, unless I see the scars in his hands and in his feet and his side, he says, I, uh, I will not believe it. So um, he wasn't there the day he was supposed to be there because he missed church service that Sunday. And so the next Sunday, Jesus came, and uh, it was on the first day of the week. And uh, evidently, he knew what Thomas had said. He says, look. He says, reach forth your hand, and so forth. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. So he makes a statement in the verse kind of like before this. In verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen. And yet have believed. Then he says there's miracles that he's done. And the miracles are done so that people would believe. So blessed are they that see the miracles and believe. But then blessed are those who didn't see the miracles and yet believe. You see, we didn't see any of those miracles. We weren't there when the resurrection took place. But blessed are those, even though they weren't here, they believe. And so in verse 30 he says, And many other signs... Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. I'd love to see some of those. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, there's a lot of miracles that Jesus did. But you can't put all of them in the book. So he says these that are in the book of John are written so that you might believe. So the gospel of John is kind of like our heaven track. When you want to lead somebody to the Lord, you usually use verses from the gospel of John because it's so simple, so clear. And so there's people who believe that they have to go out and do these miracles and they try to mimic, copy. And uh, they don't do the miracles like in the Bible. They always do something on your body. You know, I, uh, I got a pain over here in my side. Okay, now the pain is gone. Now, you and I, we don't know if they had a pain or not. But if he had a leg missing, and all of a sudden he got a new leg, ah, we might believe that. Or if the man was dead, and four days later he comes back from the dead, we might believe that the man has some kind of power. But then you have to also know that can the devil do miracles? The devil can also do things and deceive. So you go by not only the miracles that was done, but by what Jesus said and did. That you might believe that he is the Christ, the one who made the payment for the sins of the world. And the resurrection is the greatest miracle of all. Because they can't copy that. They can't come back from the dead. No demonology, Satanists, they've never been able to bring anybody back from the dead. Now they can make things happen, they can deceive and so forth. But um, coming back from the dead, no, they've never done. Does that help answer your question? Is there anything else about that verse? The, the problem was the Jehovah Witnesses that were coming to my house, they, they claimed they had read the Gospel of John. Uh-huh. How, how did they miss this? Yeah, no, look there in John chapter 1. This is something that you can kind of sink your teeth into. Because, you see, a Jehovah's Witness, uh, they believe that there's only one God. Well, we believe there's one God. Ah, oh, no, y'all, y'all believe in three gods. No, we believe there's one God revealing three persons, but they don't get that. And in verse 1 of John chapter 1, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you show them that verse. But in the New World Translation of the Jehovah's Witnesses, in theirs it says, and the Word was a God, which is a definite article and is not in the original, and it's not there. They put it there because if you leave it like it is, it's saying that the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word. Jesus was with God and Jesus is God. So they say, well, He was a God. Okay, now, the question to ask is if He is a God. And they only believe in one God, and there's no God but the true God, then is Jesus a true God or a false God? There's only one God, and that's Jehovah. But they say, well, Jesus was a God. Okay, was he a false God, or was he the true God? See, they walk right into a trap, and they, they can't get out of it either. And so they say, well, Jesus was a uh, mighty God, but he was not the almighty God. You've got to be the almighty God. Uh, hold, I just kind of look at this here. Look there in the book of Revelation chapter 1. Revelation in chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And there's no doubt about who it's talking about here. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, look what he says in verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds. Every eye shall see him. And they also which, what's that word? Pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. So, who do you think that's talking about? That's talking about Jesus. And in verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the, what's the word? So is Jesus called the Almighty? There it is. So you see, they can make a lot of statements, but if you don't know the Bible, you don't know a verse that can combat it. And so you trap them with verses. You set them up. The reason they used to have years ago pen boys at a bowling alley, they would set up the pens. Why? Why'd they set up those pens? So you can knock them down. So you set them up. Why? So you knock them down. <laughs> in other words, you use the scripture to put them in their place and prove that that's, that's not the case. That's not what it says. And now look there in Jeremiah 32. Look in Jeremiah 32. Way back there in the Old Testament. Jeremiah in chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32 so we find there is a verse that says not only is Jesus almighty God, but there is a verse that says God, Jehovah himself, is the mighty God. So who's the mightiest, the mighty God or the almighty God? Jesus is called the almighty God. And here's, look there in verse uh, 17. It says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth. Wait, wait a minute, I thought Jesus did that. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That's in John chapter 1. So it says Jesus must be God, or he's lying. Made the heavens and the earth by thy great power, and stretcheth out arm, 
And get this, there is nothing too hard for thee. How could you do that? He says, nothing. It's not, it wasn't very hard at all. You know, after God made Adam and Eve, well, the, he made the whole earth and the stars and the sun and blah, blah, blah. He made everything right down to Adam and Eve. And uh, the angels asked him, says, uh, well, now what? He said, well, I guess I'll call it a day. Yeah, well, there was a joke there, but y'all probably didn't get it. I can, I can see you didn't get it. Or y'all would have been hilarious. But anyway, look at verse 18. Thou showest loving kindness and unto thousands and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children. After them, the great, the mighty God, the L-O-R-D, Jehovah of hosts is his name. Who? The, the one that created heaven and the earth. And here he's called the mighty God. Well, Jesus is called the almighty God. Well, who's mightier? He is God. And so whenever the JWs want to take and say, well, they only believe that there's one God, well, so do we. But he's revealed in three persons. But I often use an illustration simple, but it's, uh, I don't know if you can get a perfect illustration. I'm only one person, in case y'all didn't know that. I'm one person. But I am a husband, and I am a son, and I'm also a father. All at the same time. But I'm only one person. But my daughter does not know me as her son. But she does know me as her father. Betty, she doesn't know me as her son. But she does know me as her husband. So, you see, there's a, a relationship. But in all cases, I'm, I'm still just human. See, there is God. That's who you are. That's the essence of your being. But God reveals himself in three different now, we sometimes refer to we are made in his image, and we say, well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's the Father, the soul, there's the Son, which was revealed, and there's the Spirit, which is not revealed. So a man is made in the image of God. we got a soul, like the Father, that's us, and then we have a body, that's uh, Christ. Christ came into the world, took upon a body, and then you have uh, your spirit. So your body, soul, spirit, same thing. But we know that God wants our soul to be Holy, and he wants our, well, our spirit to be holy, and our soul happy, and our body to be healthy. So we uh, could put three chairs up here and put my body in one, my soul in one, my spirit in one, and fellowship. But I don't have the ability to separate them. But the Word of God separates us. You read the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 12, and in verse 13, it separates the body, the soul, and the spirit. And it talks about preserving in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, preserving your whole body, soul, spirit. So you are a trinity, but you're only one person. But now, when we talk about an egg, you got the, the egg, the shell, you got the yolk, and you got the, the white. All three make one egg. But the shell is not the yolk. And the white is not the shell. But the shell might be white, but it's not the shell. And the shell is not just, the, that's not the egg. See, some illustrations will break down. You can take water, which is H2O. comes in three different forms, solid, liquids, and gases. But it's all still all water. Yeah, but not all at the same time. God is God in all three forms, all at the same time. Do you totally understand it? Have fun. Never will, but just believe 
Jesus Christ is the revelation of God upon the earth. Any other good question? Is that it? That's all the questions that I'm going to get. All right, take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts. To the book of Acts. And we're somewhere around chapter 19, aren't we? Ain't that where we are? Somewhere to there? And chapter 19, and look in verse 23. Uh, Paul caused a revival or a revolt everywhere he went. People either responded positive or negative. It doesn't seem like too many would just stay neutral. Paul was very divisive. Now, on Wednesday night and then tonight also, we're looking at a few scriptures that talks about, you know, is the gospel of Jesus different than the gospel of Paul? And there's people who are putting things on my website on the YouTube under my stuff and saying that Yankee is all messed up. He is a heretic and saying all kind of nasty things about sweet little old me. Then now they can do that, and um, but they're saying that uh, Yankee believes in that doctrine of the Apostle Paul, but he doesn't believe in what Jesus said. And we know that either you got to believe what Jesus said, or you got to believe what Paul said. But you can't believe what both of them said because they contradict each other. Jesus talks about you got to endure to the end. Jesus says to the rich young ruler, you got to keep the law. And Jesus says, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's all about what you do. And you shall know them by their fruits. Jesus said. Then you go over there to Paul, and Paul says it's all by grace. It's not of works. So they contradict each other. And so some people believe in Paul, and some people believe in Jesus. Now, who do you think carries the greater weight, Paul or Jesus? We said, well, Jesus. Well, then we ought to go by what Jesus says and not what Paul says because he's one of those false prophets Jesus talked about was going to come. I mean, I've got it in writing. I'm going to be sharing some of that tonight. I did last Wednesday night too, but just so much stuff that you can't get it all done at one time. So you have people that are not clear, don't understand it, but they're always trying to straighten me out. So it's, uh, it's wonderful. But we keep having people that'll come on on and they'll say, you know, now I finally understand. Now I know I'm going to heaven. Finally, I don't have to worry about lordship salvation anymore. And you'd be surprised. I read a couple of them this morning because I, I, I try to get a glimpse of some of the stuff that come up. But there are people from all over the world that respond. Some of y'all have seen them, some of you haven't, but just Take me out of my word, or you can ask Jesse, and he can give you a whole list of them. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people. We've had over 800 from different places in the world. I think it was 130-something countries. But anyway, here in the book of Acts in chapter 19. Now, we know that he has um, been ministering and setting the woods on fire. And so in verse 20, he says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So there was always opposition, always problems. Somebody trying to stop you from doing what you should do. So here in verse 23, and at the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. In other words, this was becoming uh, the Jesus way. That way was the way of Christianity. 
And uh, in the book of uh, Acts also, it talks about in Antioch, they were first called Christians. So that they developed the name of those who were following Christ. And so there was a lot of people that were Christians, but evidently they must have been living like Christians. Can you be a Christian and not live like a Christian? <laughs> yes. Should you live like a Christian if you are a Christian? Yes. And uh, this is why God doesn't want you to be ashamed to his name. Honor his name. Don't defile his name. Because why? Because whatsoever you ask in his name means for his honor and for his glory. So however you live is for his honor, for his glory. When you understand that, it makes things so much simpler. But now, I knew this here lady, and I won't tell you too much about her, but uh, she was married to a dear friend of mine, great people. They had a church, and I went to their church many times, preached. And uh, her name was Diana. And uh, <laughs> she would often say, my husband married me because he says I was Diana, the sex goddess of the Ephesians. And uh, <laughs> it was funny at the time. And uh, so she, I guess, thought maybe, you know, she wasn't a lump of coal, but uh, maybe a little piece of gold. And uh, so she kind of, I'm the goddess of Diana, the well, you see, that's, that's mentioned. You see there in verse 28. When they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians, which is what she was, the sex goddess of the Ephesians. But anyway, uh, I don't think you want to put that name on you no more than you would want to um, put, uh, oh, what's that woman's name, Jezebel? <laughs> I've never heard of anybody calling her kid Jezebel. Have you? You have? Oh, my stars. You little Jezebel. <laughs> I've heard that almost all my life. Even before I even knew what, what a Jezebel was. And, uh, and I don't know if anybody who named their kids Judas, but I guess they do. There's probably a few of those around. I know that a lot of people name their kids uh, Jesus. It's spelled just like Jesus. And some of them even pronounce it as Jesus. But anyway, I have not seen anybody. I, even my kids won't even name their kids Yankee. I don't know what's wrong with it. You know what's wrong with Yankee? I mean, uh, the symbol of America. Oh, well, but that's the way it goes. Here in the book of Acts, and in verse 24, chapter 19, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. In other words, there was people making a lot of money because they were making these little statues of, uh, you know, that goes to the the gods and to the shrine gods and all these things that they had. And, uh, but the problem is that there's no real God except true and living God. So hold your place right here just so that you see this. Look in the book of Acts chapter 17. There was others who had done the same thing. And though he's in Ephesus right now, he was in a place called Athens. Not Athens, Georgia, but in Athens. And um, it says these people here, they came together. To hear some new thing. No, where some people just love gossip. Just love to gossip. And there's love, some people just love to listen to gossip. But if somebody will gossip to you, chances are they will gossip about you. Always remember that. But look what he says here in verse 19. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, 
We would know, therefore, what these things mean. Isn't that a good open invitation? I mean, here you go, Paul. You asked for it. They have questions. They want to know. And in verse 20, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. How would you like to have it done in the scriptures? If I was to put in here, for all that Warren did was to spend his time in nothing else but to tell and to hear some new thing. Would you like that? I mean, here, your name in the Bible right there. Aren't you glad you're not in there? Here's, uh, here's Lynn. Lynn. Lynn's in here, too. Either t- <laughs> okay, not Lynn. Sandy. Sandy. Okay, not Sandy. Okay, we, we, I can get in a heap of trouble, boy. But that's all they wanted to do is hear and to tell some new thing. Because when you don't know the truth, see, your, your curiosity. Curiosity kills the what? <laughs> the cat. Often one of no, I would have just let go and just go. Look at verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. See that? You didn't know that he even went to Mars because he was a missionary and he went a long way, all the way to Mars, Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, all those places. But he went to Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. That's another word for religion. In other words, you don't know what you believe. You just try to believe everything and hear everything. And then it says, uh, I notice that you've got all these little statues and memorials and uh, scriptures. Uh, all these gods. All kinds of gods. And you even got one to the unknown God. See what it says in verse 23? For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. So that if we miss somebody, that's a... We have a, uh, a tomb of the unknown soldier. And uh, where, you know, they don't know that, that this is the honor, the, the one that we don't know about. But the unknown soldier. And I don't see anything wrong with us doing that. Because somebody, you know, has died for our country. But this is to the unknown God. As though there's a God that we may not have thought about. And we're not worshiping. So we're going to have one for that one that we don't know about. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? To show your loving, care, and concern. Because you didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. The last thing you'd want to do is hurt some God's feelings. I've often heard sometimes they're, they're playing golf. And, you know, turn, they got British Open going on right now. Oh, I, I need to check that right quick. <laughs> and it's going on right now. Right now while I'm talking, there's one going on. But uh, they talk about the golf gods are smiling on him today. The golf gods. So there's a, a golf god up in heaven, and uh, I didn't know that. But if there is, then he's, he's a bad god, because <laughs> he, he kicks my ball into the woods and into the lake, into the sand. And uh, so anyway, I mean, this golf god, if he's up there, he's real, and we're not getting along at all. But I don't believe in other gods. I believe there's only one true and living god, and that's God himself. And Jesus Christ is the Lord. Now, when we look here at this verse, I want you to see, because this is so important. Look there in verse, the last part of verse uh, 23. Whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Now, how would you like, uh, this is the first time we've ever met. (laughs) It's like Donald Trump meeting with Putin. Now, let me tell you something, because you're, you're, you're such an ignorant man. 
He said, that's not protocol. I mean, that wouldn't be nice. I mean, you've got to really be sweet and kind. <laughs> he says, I want to talk to you ignorant people. You ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. Now, that's not, he didn't read Dale Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people. Him, declare I unto you. I guess by now he's got their attention. Get this. God that made the world, all things therein, seeing that he is Lord over heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So you're trying to make a little temple for God to live in. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.